and verses 6 and 7. And uh, it says, While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And these words uh, speak to us of the earthiness of uh, what the situation into which Jesus came, uh, the lowliness. And that's one of the things that we want to look at tonight in these words. That really, these verses 6 and 7, they really capture for us the humanity uh, into which Jesus came, especially after chapter 1 uh, that speaks of the the exalted nature, not only of Jesus, but the messenger who would come. And so we are expecting, if you simply go by what chapter 1 said, and you knew nothing else after that, you would expect a, a, an incredible entrance into this world. And, and in many ways it was. But uh, the uh, chapter 2 leaves us in no doubt as to the true nature of the estate into which Jesus was born. And in that, in that, um, into that estate, we are able to see the love of God uh, for us, the, the lengths to which Jesus went to rescue us. And uh, we want to see here in these elements in verses 6 and 7, the, the sheer weakness of the vessel through which Jesus came into this world, the vulnerability uh, that was part of Jesus' birth, the poverty and the rejection, all seen within these two verses. And they are truly loaded verses, aren't they? They're, they're heavily weighted. They speak to us a great deal. They tell us a lot about the humility of Jesus. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. It's extraordinary, but the Bible makes a great deal of the humanity of Jesus. We, uh, we cannot um, de depreciate the, the humanity of Jesus uh, without deprecating the, the salvation itself. One is as important as the other. The humanity of Jesus is as important as the divinity of Jesus when it comes to our salvation. Now we know that Jesus was divine before he came into this world. He was the Son of God. But in terms of salvation, his humanity is just as important as his divinity. That's why so much was fought over in the early centuries of the Christian church as to the divinity and humanity of Jesus. In fact, the divinity of Jesus was assumed in many ways. It was the humanity of Jesus that was called into question. And so it was, they were seeking to uh, do battle when it came to those two things and get strike the right balance. And all they had to do really was go to the scriptures and the scriptures gave us that balance. Galatians stressed to us the connection of the fact that he was born of a woman, born through weakness. Not, of, not just of a woman, but a young girl. Mary was a young woman. And having gone through what she did, the psychological and the physical challenges, the psychological challenges of, uh, of, of 
being in a society where she is going to have a child without having first been married and uh, the, the the shame and the contempt that she would have felt as a young girl and what that would have done to her family and so she had to bear that stigma she had to go through that right from the very beginning and yet we know that she did with grace she said i am the handmaid of the lord be it unto me according to your word then of course making that journey from nazareth down to bethlehem would have taken its toll it would have been a long journey just on a donkey as she rode down but the bible stresses this element of the, uh, the, the means through which jesus came into the world born of a woman born in the same way everyone else comes into this world and so john stresses that in this first chapter the word became flesh and dwelt among us flesh speaks of of many things it speaks of our humanity but it also speaks of our limitations he became flesh it, we know that the son of god was spirit before he came into this world but now he comes into this world as flesh and flesh immediately assumes limitations and jesus was glad to do that he was glad to enter into this uh, uh, um, limitation on our behalf Hebrews says that inasmuch as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he likewise did the same. Again, those elements of flesh and blood came in there. Mary would have been almost full term as she made then this journey uh, uh, from Bethlehem down, from, from Nazareth rather, down to Bethlehem in a time when... Uh, many people were making that journey as you know uh, they they were going there to be registered for there was a taxation that all the world should be taxed and registered and this is in all likelihood why there was no room at the inn when they came because there were so many people coming from all over uh, the Roman Empire at that time coming to the home place of their birth some would have been going to Jerusalem some would have been going to uh, Hebron. Someone have been going to uh, places in the north in different towns, but Joseph, being of the house of David, had to go to Bethlehem, and many people would have been going there, and uh, Mary, the same. And so they made this about 80-mile trek from uh, Na from Nazareth down to Bethlehem, and you can imagine in uh, 80 miles from here on a donkey. How, how far can we even get 80 miles? Where? How far would 80 miles take you? From here maybe up to fortune or somewhere like that uh, on, uh, on, on, a, on a donkey in very cold weather and and unforgiving terrain uh, not like going out onto the trans Canada and walking on a, a smooth path as you go um, with stops along the way you have very difficult terrain and oftentimes very dangerous Philip Hughes says, It was wretched and scandalous, sweat and pain, blood and cries as Mary reached up to the heavens for help. The earth cold and hard, the smell of birth mixed with the stench of manure and pungent straw made a contemptible banquet. That's how he describes the, the conditions then uh, that Mary um, had as she brought this child 
into the world. Andrew Peterson, who is a contemporary Christian singer, known to some of you, I'm sure, um, he is contrasting this idea of Silent Night with his song called Labor of Love. And in the, those lyrics in the song, he says, It was not a silent night. There was blood on the ground. You could hear a woman cry in the alleyways that night on the streets of David's town. And the stable was not clean, and the cobblestones were cold, and little Mary, full of grace, with tears upon her face, had no mother's hand to hold. Another says that no child born into the world that day seemed to have lower prospects. That's quite something to think about. No child born into the, that world seemed to have lower prospects than Jesus even when he was conceived, there was a stigma over the family. And then to make that long journey uh, down to Bethlehem to be born in such low and mean circumstances. So, uh, Luke says for us here, while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. So it speaks a great deal to us about the vehicle through whom Jesus came into the world. And of course, all of this is speaking to us about God's love for us. As we go through these, uh, each one, we are to be reminding ourselves how God loved us. And I love that the line in that song, O Holy Night, uh, when it talks about the soul felt its worth. The soul felt its worth. That's my favorite line in that uh, uh, Christmas carol. The soul discovers its worth. I was worth, I was worth it that Jesus came into the world to, to die for my soul. My soul was that precious in his sight. Then, secondly, there is the vulnerability of Jesus. Not only the weakness uh, and the vulnerability of the vessel through which he came into the world, but Jesus himself, shown in his dependence upon his parents. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Job describes uh, the, the Lord wrapping himself in darkness just speaking about the, the majesty of the Lord. He wraps himself in, in the darkness. And now here is that same one of whom Job speaks. And he himself is wrapped in swaddling bands. And that was often done so that the child would grow in a proper way. And they were, they were tightly bound. And so he was dependent on his mother. Here is the creator of the universe dependent on his mother to ensure a, 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 a good kind of physical development. One person has said that after an infant was born, the umbilical cord was cut and tied, and then the baby was washed, rubbed with salt, and wrapped with strips of cloth. So you can see why Isaiah says in Isaiah 53, he grew up before him. That's talking about Jesus. Grew up before the Father like a tender root 
like a root out of a dry ground. Jesus was tender. It's that extent to which Jesus became vulnerable. He was tender. You know what that's like. You know the, the concept and the idea of tender. You, you t- if you get a sunburn, you're tender to the touch. It, it, it speaks of a delicacy that someone, someone can be easily hurt or harmed. And this is the way it was uh, with Jesus. He was a tender root out of a dry ground. Secondly, or thirdly rather, we, uh, we see the poverty into which Jesus was born and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. One commentator said, think of the wonder of it. He began in a manger and ended on a cross. And along the way, he had nowhere to lay his head. He comes in, and again, as I said at the beginning, uh, in all likelihood, there is no room because of the great uh, uh, mass movement of people to be registered. And when Mary and Joseph came, uh, all the places in the inn Uh, would have been taken up. But it speaks of the fact that Mary and Joseph didn't have any means to, to uh, to pay for something else to ensure that they would have a proper place for the child to be born. Ryle, J.C. Ryle says, but to become poor as the very poorest of mankind and lowly as the very lowliest, lowliest, this is a love that passes knowledge unspeakable and, and unsearchable. He became poor as the poorest of mankind. And is it any wonder, as the angels, as they spoke those words, uh, that we would see later on? Um, these are angels who had been with Jesus for who knows how long, from the, from the time they were created. And these same angels who had to veil their faces and eyes so that they could not look upon the glory of Jesus, were now saying, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior is Christ the Lord, and this shall be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Think of the angels. The angels aren't automatons. They're not robots who say these things unfeelingly or unthinkingly. We know that the angels themselves are, as the Bible describes them, on their tiptoes. They are incredibly interested in all that is transpiring. And sometimes we lose that. We become so used to hearing the Christmas story, we forget about how did this person feel? How did, how did this angel feel who was speaking these words? How did Joseph feel? How did the shepherds feel? What, what was going through their minds? The angels themselves had that capacity to feel and to think and to be amazed. They desire, as Peter says, to look into these things. And what an amazing thing it would have been for them to say, say these words you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. 
It's quite incredible. He goes on in Matthew 8, it says, Jesus himself says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. That was, that was common. That was routine for Jesus. It didn't stop after uh, his birth as he, as he goes into his ministry and he has this itinerant ministry. That becomes the way uh, in which Jesus lived. We began with our call to worship in 2 Corinthians 8. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that through His poverty we might become rich. And lastly, there is not only the uh, vulnerability and the poverty, but also uh, the rejection. The rejection and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them uh, in the inn. Luke is showing a contrast here between the, 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 what, what should have been the rights of Jesus coming into his own town, the town of David, and what were the actual, situ- the actual situations of his birth. This was his town. This was his city. And he finds no place uh, for where where to be born. We we can think a lot about the innkeeper and what his attitude would have been in turning them away. And some have imagined perhaps that the innkeeper was maybe cruel or unfeeling. And that's not necessarily uh, the case. We'd know what it's like ourselves if we ran a business and we were overwhelmed by visitors coming. It wouldn't necessarily be um, cruelty that turned uh, Mary and Joseph away, but simply busyness. One person has said that the innkeeper wasn't cruel, but simply that the, the inns were already overcrowded. He goes on to say, so there are hearts that never welcome Jesus. And this is not because they definitely hate Him, but simply because these hearts are already so overcrowded with thoughts of riches and honor, prestige, pleasure, and business. That they have no room for Jesus, no time to reflect on His will, no desire to go out of their way to do His pleasure. And that's often the way it is with people. And that's all... It often takes. It's not an outward contempt for Jesus. Many will celebrate Christmas and Easter and things like that. But simply because their hearts are already too full to accommodate anything that Jesus would say to them. And that's what we often say at this time of year. This is often our prayer, isn't it? That we don't become so busy And we can do that. We can have this going on and that going on, running to the stores, doing last-minute shopping, that it's all over before we even take a breath. It's not out of an outward contempt for Jesus. We don't start out to uh, put Him out of our hearts, but simply because we put other things as priority that we leave no room for Jesus. And that's often the case it's not seen just simply at 
Christmas time, it's seen throughout the year, where churches are emptying more and more, where people are turning away because, again, when you have the Lord's Day opened up to businesses and shops and everything else, that then becomes the priority. And if you ask the person in the shopping mall or in the ice rink or whatever their views on Jesus, they would say a great deal of good. But because these other things are filling up their heart, there's no room for Jesus there. We need to be always making not just a little bit of room, not making sure we have just enough room for Jesus, but giving Jesus the, the throne of our hearts in every situation. And so this, uh, these two verses speak to us of the, uh, the, the life that Jesus would embark on. They set the tone for what would come in His life and in His ministry. He was despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Even to rejected not only as he comes to this inn, but rejected by the religious leaders. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But those who did receive him, those who did welcome him, those who did believe on him, he gave the right to become the children of God. We see this playing out even with his own family, don't we? Where even during the ministry of Jesus, his brothers come to him and they, they say that he is out of his mind. He's lost his mind. They didn't understand. They didn't see who he really was. And so it, 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 Jesus had to struggle even to that, those closest relationships, those who were closest to him. And so uh, he, just in these two verses alone, then we see the vulnerability of Jesus as he comes into this world, the vessel that brings him into the world, the poverty and the rejection that he had to endure right from the time even before he was born. And again, so that we might know God's love for us. In all of these things, we are to say how he loved us. And then to feel let the, the, our soul feel its own worth as we look in on this and say, these are the things He did for me. And may God bless these few reflections to us tonight. Let's bow. Jesus, Lord God, we thank You for...